You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Safe Senior Hour with uh, Joe Gavellis. And uh, uh, remember, we start off every program with that elder abuse does not report itself. Um, thank you for listening. And today we're very honored to have a guest, Kathy Floyd, who is the Executive Director of, uh, we call it Co-Aids, Kathy, but you, what is the official name here? So the the entity is the Georgia Council on Aging, and we administer a coalition of aging advocates called Co-Age. And um, Kathy, you want to just give us your background, and so you... You've been a long-time advocate of supporting the uh, rights and and helping seniors. Uh, Yes, Joe, I have. I've been um, active advocating for seniors in various positions for just about 25 years now in Georgia. I have a background in politics. I want to share with you that I handed out campaign buttons on the school bus in the parade. (laughs) In 1964, so I've been interested in politics for quite a while. Uh, but didn't you you didn't you have a spell with the uh, AARP? Sure, sure. I, I first I, I have an MBA in finance. I spent right. my first career in financial advising, and then I um, had a transition and worked for AARP for 19 years, and now I've been with the council for uh, five and a half years. A, a so, true, true advocate, yes. which we, we appreciate. Um, I'm just going to go over here and just have you just go over your mission Certainly. Uh, for this. Now, this is kind of a unique... Um, entity within kind of quasi-state government, right? It is. It is. We were created by the legislature in 1977, and our purpose is to advise the governor, the General Assembly, and state agencies on the wide range of issues that impact the 60-plus population in Georgia. And I report to a council, which is sort of like my board of directors, and there are 20 folks appointed by the governor, lieutenant governor, the speaker of the house, and the commissioner of Department of Human Services. And those folks really set the mission and the tone, and they're volunteers, and they serve from all over Georgia in a volunteer capacity, and they are all passionate about improving the quality of life of Georgians. So we are dotted line attached to the Department to human services, but those um, volunteers that are appointed really set the tone and the mission. And we have, um, I have two staff that work with me, so there are only three of us, but we really take our mission very seriously and um, work hard to improve. Um, and, and, and elder abuse is a key part of what we work on. Right, and, and, I, and I, I see some of your, your objectives there. We, we interact from the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force as we bring um, um, and, and highlight issues that need legislative support right? and uh, that laws change, laws tweaked, laws improved. And you all are, I know you're on the state committee Correct. with us. And, uh, and uh, the idea is to bring this to the attention of the legislators and let them 
since they make the laws. Correct. And hopefully the, you know, the governor will sign these bills. But right. uh, but it is basically geared to help protect uh, our senior citizens. Now, you go a little farther. Now, you look at the whole elderly issue. Correct, correct. So we work on issues like um, helping people age in place. So the home and community-based services, all of the ways that people can stay independent in their homes as long as possible. And the this is not only the right thing to do, it's not only what people want, it also saves taxpayer dollars because nursing homes are expensive and over 80% yes. of the beds in nursing homes are paid for with taxpayer dollars. Wow. So anytime you can keep a person at home, we've found that it's a tenth of the cost of what it takes to take care of them in a nursing home. Now, sometimes people need to go to a nursing home, but they don't need to unless they need that level of service. Well, there was a program, I think we had uh, Lynn Reeves on from the regional uh, commission up in Rome, Georgia, but there was a program, I think it's funded by federal or state dollars, to try to get people to help them get out of nursing Are you familiar with that program? Right, right. So we do as much as we can to keep them out on the front end, but they, they people do go in. They don't know what their all their options are, and so there is there are two programs actually in Georgia. Okay. Money follows the person is a federal program, so it's a federal state match, and it moves people out of nursing homes. Uh, the Council on Aging was instrumental in getting the state program started, which mm. also moves people out of the nursing home. But the state program was started because there are some restrictions with the federal program, like you can't move them into anything but a four-bed or less home. And Georgia has a lot of six-bed homes. And so we had people that could come out, people that could go to a six-bed home, but they didn't have that transitional funding. So now there is another program, the Nursing Home Transitions Program, which will help them get out and get back home, um, and it doesn't have as many of the restrictions as the federal program. So it fills the gap with the federal program. Well, I think it's a great program. I I think you see less, maybe less issues on the whole. When you're at home, people are happier. Right. And and then if you get sufficient and and safe home health care, that helps them. Exactly. And and the senior seems to like that. I thought it was interesting. You said you look at it from age six. 60, where a lot of senior laws are written at age 65. Or 62. Or 62, and I think some federal laws or rules are are 55. Right. It's the Older Americans Act that starts at 60, and so that's generally what What we look at. Now, we have that nursing home transitions program um, actually goes down to 55. because and, And what we did is we looked at it in a practical fashion. The people that are not getting help, where are their ages? And we saw that we we had some 58, 59, 56 years old. So the legislature said, okay, let's put it back to 55 and above. So we really look at it in a practical viewpoint as far as the people that are impacted. Well, let me ask you, and you know, and, and when you deal with government, I hadn't been in government for 30 years myself, every, there are a lot of things called by different names, but do you have any, since this goes all over the United States and even all over the world, this show, what should people look for in their states or the type of organizations that would be similar to yours where you have the citizens helping 
helping to look at at drafting legislation or bringing the problems. Are you aware of of other similar situations? We are somewhat unique. There are um, organizations that are part of state government um, in other states, but generally they are a part of the Division of Aging and the services side, and we are somewhat unique in our independence, which we really appreciate. We have talked to some other states. In fact, I've been doing some um, uh, phone calls with um, a, a former AARP advocate in North Carolina that's looking to um, build up a, a, a 501c3 um, to do some of the things that we're doing. Wow. So, um, and, and I know that there are some in other states. I'm just yeah, not aware. I think of. Tennessee has a, has a similar through the okay. legislature, and right. and I was just looking at, at at a list that we had here, and I I, I think I, I gave you a copy. It right. it goes state by state of what's what's available and and as Kathy just was saying most of them are through the um, division of aging the, right but as you go through I'm just looking through here um, Idaho for example has a commission on aging right um, there's and a, you may have a silver haired legislature um, many states have a silver-haired le- legislature, and Georgia used to have one. I'm not sure what that is. What does that well, mean? Well, it is, um, there's a little bit of state funds, and then you have volunteers that serve. They're sort of like a shadow legislature. Really? Um, and so that's an interesting idea. We Georgia had one, but it was defunded um, a number of years ago. Um, but that that is a, you know, a great model where... Um, and it, a lot of retired hmm. folks will serve as somewhat shadow senators, shadow representatives, and then they develop their own shadowing. Program. You mean, I mean, trying to bring the interest of the elderly to the led to the, le- the right. legislature. So they serve okay. as um, just like our champion representative um, Sharon Cooper would serve right. Marietta. They would have a representative for her district that would be the senior head legislator for her district. Um, it, it, it's, it's, you know, a great model. Unfortunately, like everything, it, it costs money, and that's, you know, that can often be the rub. But um, I've seen that work in other um, in other states, too. Well, I was just looking through here in Louisiana. It's uh, the governor's office of elderly affairs, yep. which I thought was interesting. And they have that in Florida. Uh-huh. Okay. And then Minnesota, it's the board on aging. So again, that what I'm bringing this out for for the for the listeners, uh, there, it might not be a council or anything. It might Correct. be under another name, but you always can talk to your like division of aging or something like that, right? In Florida, it's the Department of Elder Affairs. Mississippi is a council on aging, which I thought was very interesting. Interesting, interesting. And that you know maybe that we can get an idea of what they're doing. We can get a call. Um, uh, in New Hampshire, the Bureau of Elderly and Adult Services. So again, I, we're saying this so you can be aware as we, our listeners around the country, it's not doesn't start with the way council or whatever it is, Oregon, right? Seniors and people with disability. These are all state uh, state issues here. I'm just looking at South Carolina, Lieutenant Governor's Office on Aging. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, but all it's important, and here it is, Tennessee Commission on Aging um, and uh, Disability. Oftentimes, you have 
um, overlapping initiatives with um, at-risk adults would be both elderly and also right. folks living with a disability, and there are a lot of opportunities to work together. Right. I'm just looking here again, and we're just going to end up here as I go through here. That's the um, Wyoming Aging Division. Utah Division of Aging and Adult Services. So please, if you have issues, just look and go, you know, look in your state. Just start making some calls if you want to get involved. The people who are involved can help help change uh, laws and, 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 and we say tweak them. And tweak them is very important because as you look at these statutes, a lot of them have a lot of issues that just need a little tweaking to be, to be more readily acceptable by, by the community. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what you all do. I mean, I, I know we're on that. We're, we're, we're going to be taking a break here in a few minutes, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss about how here dealing with elder issues are brought to the attention of our legislators and our, our executive staff. Now, I, I'm not sure that there's that much interaction directly with the state agencies, and I think that's it. I mean, you talk to them. I know we talk to them, but they're pretty much run. They have their own budget and things like that. So we have to go through the legislature to affect that. Is that pretty much a fair statement? That's true. And in each, um, each agency, each department has its own initiatives. Now, you know, we can give you an example of the fingerprinting. I mean, we talked about the need for... Um, you know, caregiver registry and, you know, look at who's create, who, who is currently um, had elder abuse in their background. Right. And that evolved into the Department of Community Health taking that initiative and, you know, running it with themselves. So sometimes you can, you can make it work that way. But, I, you know, I have good communication with their individual governmental affairs staff. Um, we, don't, we, we try not to be um, at loggerheads ever. Right. Well, I, I think it's a uh, um, it, it is an issue because sometimes what the government wants to do is not necessarily what what from the out in the in, in the community wants to do. Well, with that, we'll end our first segment of the uh, Safe Senior Hour, and we'll be back for segment two. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join a fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. The Business Hour, from 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to segment two of the Safe Senior Hour uh, with Joe Gavallis. We're honored today. We have a, have our guest, the executive director of uh, the Georgia Co-Age, uh, Kathy Floyd, who who is a true advocate to, uh, um, and you have been through your whole life helping That's- helping seniors and helping address the the wrongs uh, that have been going on. We thank you for being here, Kathy. Uh, we just had a good uh, good segment. And the first part, going into a little bit about what the different states can do and, and how they're called by different names, and, and but it's still the whole idea of having people trying to help people. Right. Uh, I think that's significant. What we wanted to do on, on this point, you were talking about how you addressed an issue that Georgia, I think it's kind of unique, and or let me step back, that one of the, the, the big issues is uh, is trying to figure out in the elder abuse area is for the citizens, when they go out to try to hire people to take care of their loved ones, that there is a registry that you can go to. The gold standard by far is Tennessee, and my hat's off to Tennessee. And they, but they've been doing it for like 20, 25 years. Right. Very good. But... And that is done by, by, by uh, basically court cases and people reporting and investigation. But Georgia is trying to start, I, I would say, a pile of I don't know where else it's being done. Do you want to go into that? Because you all were supportive of that program. Well, Georgia is um, launching their registry as their requirement for fingerprinting launches. And the idea is that anybody that works in a licensed facility, so that is a nursing home, that is assisted living, that's personal care home, that is um, hospice, home care, then those workers would be fingerprinted. And that way you can tell if they've had prior convictions or not. And as that information is gathered, and it it will not tell what the convictions are. It just says yes or no. Um, It will be put in a registry so that when an individual is looking to hire, maybe somebody, you know, turns out of working for assisted living and they go to a home care company or they're, um, you know, they find them through various um, sources, they can check this registry with you know no cost and see whether they've been um, fingerprinted and cleared or not. Now, of course, it's not you know you're not going to find everybody, but it's just one more one more resource, and it is only um, adjudications. So it does not include substi- you know substantiated cases like Tennessee. Um, but I think it is you know the first step in a, in, in a good direction. Well, well, it is, and. Um and the idea of fingerprinting is not unusual that people are fingerprinted for daycare services. Right. Stockbrokers are finger, 
fingerprinted. I think bankers are, are state employees. State employees are fingerprinted. So it it is it is a it is a step forward. And and I think what Kathy just said it's not perfect is absolutely true. It's only as good as people put the input in. Right. And you know, and it deals with arrests and hopefully then the adjudication or convictions reported, but not necessarily. So there are people that will look at it if something comes up, but but it is a way to help to keep people who have been abusing anybody. It doesn't matter whether it's elderly, child abuse, regular abuse. Abuse of anybody is wrong, and you don't want them with your loved ones or with people you're, you're looking uh, to take care of. Right. Um, we had a horrible situation in Georgia uh, where a, a woman, I think we talked about it last, uh, last week, but she was a, uh, in an assistant living, I think, and, and the woman had dementia, and she ended up, the, the caregiver ended up get burning her with cigarettes. Horrible, horrible situation. But the significance, that woman had several priors. And convictions, not just arrests, and uh, and and the system should have hit that. Right. The system today should have hit that. So you know, there are always going to things are going to fall through the cracks, but we can't let that uh, not try to move forward and get a system to help everybody. Exactly. And again, what Kathy said, the important thing is, if you want to try to hire somebody to take care of your mom, your grandma, or your aunt. Right. Where you're, they're not going to be in a home or whatever it is, an individual. I know in Tennessee you can look on there and say, and they will say what the issue is, uh, whether it be abuse, financial abuse, whatever. So you have an idea of what their conviction or why they're on the list. Right. And, and and let me say the list. Everybody out there concerned? Oh, well, we get on a list. How do you get off it? Every person on the list in Tennessee, and I think even Georgia, there'll be there'll be an appeals process. Correct, correct. Right? there will be in, in the Georgia registry. There will be an appeal process, definitely. Um, one one thing I do want to add: um, you may um, have a home care aide that is a certified nursing assistant. Um, right. uh, you know, only I, I don't know if it's something like thirty percent, twenty percent of. Um, the folks that you look to hire will be. But if they are, if they do tell you they're a CNA, a certified nursing assistant, there is a registry in Georgia to check, um, and that is in the Department of Community Health website. So you can look up if they are a certified nursing assistant and see if they have any um, history. And those are even include um, substantiated um, cases. So um, that that is a good um, a resource for that. That's just not Georgia. That's that's under the federal law, and that's in what every state. they help to fund that. But I will tell you, you know, having worked in the big bureaucracy of the federal government, it, a lot of times it isn't that easy to get through and try to find out. But if you're but if you if you're persistent, somebody will help you get to the right party, the right right area. Um, Tennessee makes it very easy, and, and again, my hat's off to Tennessee. But I think Kentucky has a good registry. Delaware right. has a good registry. Mississippi. Mississippi. Um, I mean, Ohio. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I think that's a, you know that hopefully that'll help because that's all we're trying to do is not put any of these vul- very vulnerable right. uh, loved ones in the hands of somebody that 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 you wouldn't want to be around or be with. Uh, right. It's just sad. But anyway, that's the kind of of, of 
of actions that, that I know Kathy's group takes, supports, and, and, and all that is for the betterment of the, of the seniors. It's, uh, as it's, it's not anybody's picked out anybody else. It's just all for how can we help the seniors. Right. The, right. Uh, the, your interactions with, um, the legislatures, how legislators, how have you found their, uh, uh, their attitudes cause fighting uh, or helping seniors and fighting abuse here? Most of them are very willing to help with the fight for elder abuse. The vast majority, no matter if they're a Democrat, Republican, if they're a senator or representative, um, they are very willing. And it's um, because a lot of legislators do their job because out of their passion for making change, <laughs> making things better. But even if you run into a politician who's, you know, out for themselves, and yes, you know, some of those do exist, they know that seniors vote. And that is a, a great incentive for a legislature to help out the senior population because they know that um, if they can... Um, get the word out that they've helped seniors, then that's gonna, uh, you know, that's gonna influence voters, and that that that's something that you know definitely holds true. Well, I think that is is is, is absolutely right, and I think you remember um, to our listeners when we here on the Safe Senior Hour talk elder abuse, we're talking three types: physical, financial, and institutional. Because when people use the word abuse, they just think of the physical abuse. Right, right. But there's more to it, the biggest abuse. Uh, in fact, a study just came out the other day um, about older uh, adults are scammed more often by relatives and strangers. And financial abuse is by far the biggest abuse affecting our, our senior population. Across, across the country, for sure. Right. Right, and it's and it's growing, and our population's growing. Right, I thought there was some statistic, and maybe you have a better idea of, of a better example. But I think it was the state of Minnesota that in the year twenty twenty five will have more people over uh, in a senior status than they will under like thirty uh, or something. Right. It was an incredible statistic that shows you how the population is growing and living longer. Right, right. And, I mean, you can have that, too. Um, you know, we can see North you know, North Georgia, when you have any area in your state that's, you know, attracting retirees, then, you know, that, that area is going to, um, you know, trend older. And we definitely have that in Georgia, in, in North Georgia. Um, so it, um, it, you know, it's, 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 it's happening everywhere. Let me ask you, and we were talking about in the break that, that – your representatives come all over from all over the state here. Right, right. How do they interact with with their regional people, with their citizens? I mean, do they go out? Do they hold meetings? What do they do? Um, my council members do a wide variety of things. I have ten consumers and ten providers. So my providers, for instance, one of my council members is an ombudsman, and so she's working every day. She's an ombudsman in rural Georgia. I think she has something like 12 counties that she covers. And so she's on the road a lot. Um, And she also um, does provide programs about what the council does. Um, We have, um, I have a retired member who is my chair. 
who, um, Joe, you know Vicki Johnson, mm-hmm. is active, working uh, four or five days a week on council um, work in her, um, you know, in her retirement. The chair of the Georgia Healthcare Association, the Nursing Home Association for Georgia, is on my council. Um, I have a, a council member who has just opened a brand new assisted living facility in um, uh, uh, in um, Swanee, Georgia. Wow. Um, beautiful facility. It has the independent units. It has the assisted living. It has the memory care unit. Um, I have a, a really have a, a I, wide I, range. I of think for members. our for our listeners, you got to remember these council members are volunteers. They're volunteers, right? They're yeah. not getting paid. This is not a great, you know, a, a job that you're going to get rich at. No, it's because no. they're mostly all passionate right. and very very concerning about about dealing with with elder elder issues. Right. right. Now, how do you? Um, uh, get these people together. How do you have your meetings? What do you do? Well, we currently are having um, four quarterly meetings, right. um, uh, and we, um, you know, get together for one day and um, do all of our planning and um, setting policy, um, looking at the budget, all of the different aspects, just like a board meeting for um, a board of directors right. um, setting setting policy and. Um, they talk to their individual legislators. They have connections with um, the leadership um, in the state, and um, they are um, working on um, senior issues. Um, and uh, it's uh, you know some of them are more active than others, but um, it's it's a great group. Well, I think that that is important, and the idea that they do meet and and they do interact out in their communities. But we're going to take a break or end our second segment of the Safe Senior Hour. When we come back, we'll talk about what some of these meetings are like when the public can come to them. Um, So with that, uh, we'll move on um, and end our second segment. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to our third segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Again, uh, remember, elder abuse does not report itself. And uh, if you have any uh, comments or uh, thoughts that you would like to uh, to bring out to, to the station, you can get us at safe at America's Web Radio, uh, dot com. Uh, so with that, we'll go back to our guest, uh, uh, Kathy Floyd, the executive director of CoH here in Atlanta, and we've been discussing how this volunteer organization, or 99% volunteer organization, works in order to bring people from all over our state. For the people who are not familiar with Georgia, Georgia is the biggest state east of the Mississippi, so it covers a, a vast geographic area. And uh, as we know, and, and our listeners know from our discussions, the uh, targeting of, um, of potential victims by these professional scammers um, has been rural areas, just because they feel law enforcement and the people aren't getting the message out. And if 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 you remember what uh, we said last week, was that there were over a million attempts to uh, perpetrate the one the one one ring scam where it was uh, your phone rings one time and then it leaves a number and people who are very susceptible to say well who was it who was it they call back and they dial the number and the number a lot of times is a the area code is only three three numbers so you don't think it's a foreign one it's like the Caribbean or somewhere but the cost is amazing and it's billed on your cell bill or your phone bill and and these people if they do a million attempts all they have to do is hit you know one out of every uh, you know thousand I guess and and they'll get rich but anyway so we we made that you know it it just we need to make people aware of this so they don't get fall into these scams um we'll go back to Kathy now on talking about the council we talked about councils uh, the local representatives interact locally in their different regions. Right. They're all volunteers, and they bring this knowledge back to you and right. when, the, when the council meets. But they're also, you do some other things to communicate and interact with the public. What are those? Right. We are very proud. We are the ones that convene Senior Week at the Capitol, where we bring seniors from all over the state to the Capitol to talk to their legislators about the issues that are important to them. The council has been doing this for... 30 plus years. Wow. wow. It's, um, That's great we've actually had to um, uh, cut off the um, attendance because the building authorities told us we can only do 300 a day. And so we do that. Um, we do that every February. And it's, uh, it's very popular. The seniors really enjoy it. And it connects them with their legislators. And um, you know that that is one of the ways that we are able to impact legislation and build that relationship with legislators. And we also hold public meetings. In um, April, we have what we call Engage with CoH, which this year we had 32 sessions around the state, over a thousand attendees. Wow! And we have various our members. Um, partner with us and um, put on these sessions. And these sessions are a little less than an hour, and we update um, the seniors on what happened at the legislature. 
um, and then what look for issues for going forward. Um, in July, we have a big public meeting in the middle of the state in Macon, generally have about 140 um, seniors um, show up and senior advocates. And then in October, we have our um, education meeting where we talk about the issues and give seniors the materials that they need to talk to their legislators. Um, you know, your members of Congress get a lot of attention and they um, get um, uh, input from, from consumers, but right. your state legislators don't generally get a lot. And so um, you can make a difference if they get five emails or phone calls on an issue that will perk up their ears and they'll figure out, you know, okay, what's going on with this? And so your, your numbers to make a difference are much smaller at the state level. And I would urge you to get to know, um, you know, your, your state or local elected official because they are anxious to um, hear what people are thinking about and talking about. We were, we were discussing it earlier that it is amazing that, you know, the, our legislators are there to make laws, uh, change laws, remove laws. And when, when you talk to them, and, of course, we focus in on the task force on, on elder abuse issues, when we have them come to a meeting and listen to what is going on in, in their community, in their district, not what's necessarily happening all over the world, and, and, and as we go out and we tell people, when we discuss these, for example, in the financial world, these professional scams, these aren't scams that are going on in New York or Chicago or the big cities or in downtown Atlanta. These are happening all over and in these districts. And they've come out of the meetings just totally, number one, amazed at, at the hardships that seniors are going through and, and realizing that they can, that they can, they can have an input to help. And it's you with the council, and I know in that state working group, where we can bring up issues to them of what uh, of what needs to be done. And I think, as you just explained, Kathy, talk to your representatives, right? right. State representatives, whether it's a state rep or a state senator. Right, right. I mean, they, they want to hear it. They want it. They definitely want to hear it because if you make the effort to talk to them, they know that. There are numerous other folks that thought about it, just didn't put the effort into contacting them. And so if you give them a local issue that they can champion, then that's something they can talk about the next election. And it's just a, you know, a circular um, equation that, um, you, you know, you really can have an impact. Well, and again, it, 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 you know, just take politics out of it. Everybody, I would venture, 98%. Either they've had a issue with some kind of abuse, remember, physical, financial, or institutional, with one of their loved ones, or they know somebody that right. has. It's not right. like you're talking about something that never happens. So when you bring an issue up, they will listen. And you remember, our representatives and state senators, it, in, all, in every state, I'm almost every state, this right. is not their full-time job. Right. They live in the community. Right. Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know, they'll see it. So if you see them, they'll be glad to talk to you. I've never had somebody slush you off. Is that the word? Or right. flush you or whatever the term is, flush you off, right. where they say, no, I can't talk to you, unless they're going to a meeting. But they'll say, call me later. Right. Right. I'll, I'll share with you, Joe, um, the first big elder abuse bill that – 
um, that Georgia, with this, because we've had a number of years now where we've been really leading the country with good um, elder abuse legislation. Um, I believe it was 2012, and that was House Bill 78, Representative Wendell Willard, right? Represented Mm -hmm. this area right where we're sitting. Um, And in the House, when it came up for a vote, there was only one vote against it. Um, And and that's the thing about elder abuse. Nobody wants to be on the wrong side on (laughs) elder abuse. You work out a lot of the details, the legal stuff in committee, and then when it came to the House. Now, let me tell you about that fella that voted against it. Um, A very good um, attorney, elder law attorney, used that against him the next election and beat him. Really? So um, he um, he suffered for having that no vote, um, and the elder law that uh, that replaced him is now an excellent excellent legislator. Well, it it's as again it, it, as I said, it, everybody's aware of it. It affects them, but I don't think anybody really is aware of the extent that right. it takes place out there. Right. And 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 remember, elderly people. Um, we talk about why are they why 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 are we addressing it? Why are the scampters? Why are the relatives doing it? Because people have been very trusting, right? Growing up, our generation, right? Number one, number two, and they've saved a little bit of money, right? A little bit of money could mean five hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. Some people, but it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars in a retirement plan. It may just be you know using their social security check instead Absolutely. of them getting it. So, you know, just their Social Security benefit can um, attract somebody to, to scam them out of it. And, and it's fact that, that Georgia, just one of the first states that uh, we've made under the exploitation law, they've changed it, where trafficking in humans right. for their money. Now, that's a, for their benefits, basically, right. is it. Right. Because we've had people go and see, you know, the... the the unfortunate people that might be down and out that just get a measly Social Security check or veterans benefits check uh, or food stamps that they'll pick these people up, sign them in, get control of that that little bit of money, or get the uh, for example the food stamps issued, and then they just take them and then misuse them, and then give these people alleged place to stay and. And alleged some of these conditions are horrible. Some of right. them are good, but some of them are horrible. So this trafficking <clears throat> for benefits, Georgia put a law in. Right, right. And I know that um, it has already been used in two cases so far. Um, and, you know, what's involved here is you've got a prosecutor <coughs> that's looking to charge a number of different um, charges because what you're trying to do is, um, you know, stop this person from doing it again. And so this is another charge that, that's been added, and they've already um, prosecuted um, two cases with this. And um, it's, it, you know, it's just shameful when they raid some of these places and they've got this stack of cards, and that's, you know, so their Social Security card, their EBT card, you know, that's the value um, for them. And they stuff them in substandard um, conditions and feed them or not feed them, and it's um, it's it's just it's just shameful. I know one of the cases here that EBT, EBT cards are what you used to call food stamps, right? Right. And now they're cards, and uh, they get access to them. And I remember one of the investigations they followed them. That card was sold for a percentage on the dollar, and was right. being used in South Carolina, right? And when it was issued to a gentleman in Georgia who was living in a personal. 
unlicensed personal care home. So you can see it's a domino effect, and, and we can be very thankful here in Georgia. The law has kind of kept up with this because right. they'll listen to groups. They'll listen to people who do this and uh, who, who do this for a living that fight elder abuse right. and say you need to make the changes. So I, I think we're lucky here in Georgia that we have that, and and we can see changes being taken place all around the United States. Well, with that, we're um, going to end our third segment of the Safe Senior Hour, and uh, we'll be back shortly. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to the final segment of the Safe Senior Hour with Joe Gavallis. And um, we are uh, very fortunate today to have Kathy Floyd, the Executive Director of the Georgia Co-Age, with us. And, Kathy, we appreciate you coming today. And, oh, Joe, and thank gi- you. And giving us your insight and trying to help educate people on... on uh, on your passion, that's uh, helping seniors. Definitely, and, definitely. And, and your your lifelong career has shown that. Um, let me d- just ask, I think we talked about before, and there's another service you do, and people can go on the Internet and get their uh, newsletter. Right, right. We have um, several communication forms that we use. We do a monthly newsletter and then a weekly newsletter during the legislative session. And it's on our website, gcoa.org, georgiacouncilonaging.org. You can sign up for free for the newsletter. We have um, a lot of information on that website, um, resources. And then we also are very active on our Facebook page, Georgia COA. Um, The Facebook page gets a lot of traffic. We are posting daily um, on our Facebook page. And um, any kind of scam, we hear about it. We get that information on our um, on our Facebook page and share 
all different kinds of information. So check out that um, check out that Facebook page too. Uh, I hope that you uh, add uh, America's Web Radio and okay. uh, and the Safe Senior Hour. It's every Monday, uh, ten to eleven, and uh, we certainly uh, are looking to try to have people. Um, uh, uh, at all times, listen to us and help us. So we'd certainly appreciate that. And uh, uh, again, you know, uh, we do this as a volunteer. We're not paid. Appreciate that. Appreciate and that. and so we just need to have to to get education out. And we we've spoken. When I tell people this, uh, federal agents spoke, talked about all these crimes that took place in one of the Caribbean countries. Said, well, what can we do? It was all law enforcement. And how, what can we do to help? And, and he had, we said, give us three things. He said, education, education, education. So this idea, what you do, what we try to do on the radio, what we try to do throughout um, in North Georgia, um, speaking on local radio stations, right. going in and having small groups either at senior centers or um, some kind of faith-based groups. Right. Um, we're speaking uh, next week to... To two veterans groups, right? Which is which w- w- will be an honor to the people who had served. So, what you do is great. And can you give? Did you give your uh, your email or I mean your website that people can can right. go on? Sure, please, sure. if it's, you could do that. Sure, it's www.gcoa. So that's gcoa for Georgia Council on Aging dot org. And like I said, we've got lots of resources there, and we've got our contact information plus. Um, emails and phone numbers um, for you to um, ask for more information. And I think you can sign up for the newsletter, right? And you can sign up for the newsletter. Our coalition, for those of you in Georgia, um, uh, you can join for a free membership. Um, You get to do everything but vote on the issues. And the individual membership is $25 if you do want all of the benefits plus to be able to vote. Every July we vote on what our issues are for next year. We have a totally democratic process that we choose, um, and that's how people set our priorities for next um, for next year. We got a couple of new ones, Joe, for next year, um, looking at um, helping in senior living um, with behavioral health problems. Um, we've been able, we've seen a pilot um, in the Atlanta area that has reduced the eviction with having um, a, um, a resource officer that can help with behavioral issues. It may be hoarding. It may be, um, uh, you know, it, there may be some dementia going on. Um, and so having a resource person that can address those issues has really reduced eviction rates. And, of course, when you reduce eviction rates, you're going to reduce the number going to a nursing home and or homelessness eviction so, from what from um from senior housing oh okay. from senior right. housing okay so um so that is our new and then our other one is very very important transportation importing oh. you know supporting ways to increase um transportation options for seniors well all those are you know are very admirable and hopefully you can get them through in a legislative manner um one of the important things that we have discussed, certainly in some of these groups that uh, Kathy and I are both a, a party to, is a mandated reporters. That it's very significant. The law in Georgia is very, very broad and very good, but I, it always can be tweaked a little. 
Right. And uh, again, check your states and right. see what are what are the requirements. Right. In Georgia, it's a whole it's a huge list of, of, of people. But basically, if you take care of a senior and you're and they're dependent right. on you, you're right. a caregiver. Right. If you do it in your professional capacity, you're a caregiver. In Georgia, financial institutions are mandated reporters for for financial exploitation. Right for that right. part right. of it, Which and you can important. imagine they're they're the ones that see it. They're the ones that see you know the elderly person being driven by um, a caregiver to the to the bank to pull money out. They're the ones that see it. And that move has really helped in Georgia because it not only puts the onus on them to report, it also gives them immunity so that um, they cannot be sued for doing that. And that, for banking officials, was really, really important. They want to tell what they're seeing, but they don't want to be, you know, sued by somebody. So that, that's been really helpful. Well, that has been very helpful. And, and again, in Georgia, which is very unique, the mandate of reporters must report both to the regulatory civil component, Adult right. Protective Services, and local law enforcement. Right. It's not or, it's and. And that we have now, through these task force meetings, we have about five or six of them through North Georgia, that we get together and people interact from, you know, because basically crimes have no boundaries. It's not like where we live. Well, you live in a city, but you live in a county and obviously a state. These these people who commit these crimes mean nothing. I, I know we're working a matter up in... In northwest Georgia, the perpetrator lives, uh, alleged perpetrator lives in Alabama, uh. but crosses over into Georgia. We have issues where th- for, for along state lines, and you, can, and you can see it in your states or your country. There's just, there, uh, you can see this when a situation, or maybe a very abusive situation, and I'm thinking here in, in, in north Georgia, because I can, I can address that very easily, where somebody is found in such an abusive situation, whether it's self-abuse or whatever, the idea of laying in, in your bed with these horrible bed sores and not being just horrible situations, they are taken out of state to the net because mm. the nearest hospital mm. is just over the line, and this is in, like, Chattanooga. But this happens all over the United States that you'll be taken either from Alabama to, like, Columbus to the hospitals right. if you're close so we we do need to partner up with with our with our, our our brothers and sisters in the different states, but also when we get to the county level or the local level, right. we need to interact because there's just because somebody lives in one county, they could be perpetrating crimes in the other right when I say crimes, these are just for example horrible living conditions or abusive situations with uh, uh with seniors and again. Remember, uh, you know, elder abuse does not report itself. So if you think of anything or you hear of somebody, you know, that has a, that, ha, that, that just is going to confide with you that, you know, my grandchild is here and, and there, there's something wrong. When he comes here, he's, he's, he always wants to use my credit card. I just heard this the other day. He always wants to use my credit card. What do I do? Or the, or the extent where some senior tells you, you know, I had to agree to go into a home or else, uh, I mean, I had to agree to give, to give my son or grandson a check or they're going to put me in a nursing home, right? right. You've heard that. Right. Yep, yep. 
and and these these idle threats and 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 to to a senior it's not idle they don't want to do it. they don't want to leave their home and they don't want to to live someplace else so we have we're very fortunate we have good mandated reporting laws and and one of the big issues that we have here is which is really significant in the criminal world and 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 I don't want to get too far into weeds but we have made in the state of Georgia exploitation of the seniors a RICO predicate act and all that means is it makes it easier to prosecute easier to seize funds when elders have been abused or been exploited mm-hmm. and they do use that all the time people are sentenced on that and they're based on that and has a higher threshold and we have taken the lead and I think we were just we were talking about it the other day and, I, and Kathy's group has been a main part of it we have enhanced penalties now for crimes against seniors. Are you familiar with that right. in detail, right? Right, yep. Um, it's um, it's something that Georgia is constantly looking to, um, you know, you, we, we involve with law enforcement prosecutors. What are you running into? What, what problems are you having um, prosecuting a case? Um, and then we come back and say, okay, that law needs to be tweaked. So... Um, Georgia passed a really strong battery provision, uh, right. and then they found out through a few cases that the lesser battery was still on the statutes. Right. And so the judge, in choosing, would choose the lesser one. So even though it was on the books that you could be charged for as a felony with battery of a senior, because battery um, of a senior was still a misdemeanor in another part of the code, that's what they went to. So we had to go back to the legislature, take that out. Um, and so these kinds of things, um, you know, don't happen one piece of legislation one one year. You do look to improve and, um, like Joe said, tweak them. Well, this is the importance of the council, and I hope in every state and every area you have something like this. If you don't try to start it, 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 is, it has been a, a, a great plus here in the state of Georgia. The, uh, the the voice of the of the citizens can be heard, and and the the voice of uh, to help the elderly is certainly a, a a voice that needs to be heard as we're all, you know, we're all aging, <laughs> and uh, um and, and and unfortunately more of these abuses you know we have seen kind of taking place. So it is it is again very very. Um, significant of what your group does and again it's volunteers that that are out there exactly and and i can't stress that enough so people say it's not the government that's out there paid with your taxpayers money it's people who independently want to do this and uh um so you know with that you know we're going to be ending this segment very shortly kathy thank you for coming thank you joe for all you do and and we hope that you'll come back here as as, as things move on. And, and we look forward to working with you and your organization. Great. So with that, um, this ends this segment and today's show on the Safe Senior Hour. Remember, elder abuse doesn't report itself. Um, we'll see you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.